Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. and welcome to the Proactive Caregiving Podcast. As a CPA with over 20 years as an industry accountant, Jessica stepped away from the corporate world to become a full-time caregiver for her mother. Having learned invaluable lessons along the way, she is now here to share those with you and to invite you to join her on this caregiver's journey. Here is your host, Jessica Cannon. Hello, everybody. I'm glad you're here with me today. I am the Proactive Caregiver, and I specialize in educating others on how to be proactive by empowering you, the caregiver. Because if you cannot take care of yourself, then you can't take care of your loved one. So today I wanna talk to you about the caregiver sandwich generation. More specifically, the younger side of the sandwich. You might've heard this label a couple of times. It's starting to take a little bit more of a notice with people who are caring for their parents while trying to care for their kiddos. You know, my babies, I say, are now 25 and 18, but there was a time that we were struggling to care for them while going between football games and band practice, between maintenance of both our house and mom's house while managing mom's care. Whew. It's a lot, but that's what happens. And that's what this generation is experiencing. So to say I was stuck in the middle of these generations is kind of putting it lightly. In reality, I just felt stuck. I had so much to manage that everything and everyone was compartmentalized into an emotionally detached, somewhat well-managed schedule. When I, whenever I seem to have this reality of managing my own sanity, there was this disconnect of how, when is the time going to be for me? So sneaking off during a lunch break to go get my nails done, <laughs> that kind of felt like that shameful self-care early on. But now I... T- can look back at that time and see how the times I sat in the salon and I talked the ears off my nail tech just because I wanted to feel normal, special, and anything other than a caregiver. You know, as a caregiver, I was checking off my to-do list. I didn't consider myself a caregiver in the early years. Aside from never having time for my own needs, I was misled by the society labels. Those labels that kept me from recognizing what my life had become. Partially feeling stuck on a Ferris wheel and somewhat regretting ever saying as a teenager, I can't wait to move out and become an adult. (laughs) 
It's never what we expect it to be, especially not stepping into a world of dementia. So today's sandwich generation, unbeknownst to the caregiver, society calls them spouse, parent, relatives, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, neighbors, and even our friends to an extent. So these labels that have come around us and us trying to adapt to this new way of living, this new way of life, and which puts us smack dab in the middle, puts some pressure, not only on us, because it is difficult for us as adults, but I wanted to put some attention on this younger side of the generation, simply because we have to find a balance for them. We have to protect them. Childhood should be playful and we have to protect that in an overzealous way because their childhood should be the primary focus and caregiving duties should be the secondary. If you are dependent on your little helpers, more than you realize. Putting pressure on our little ones because of family obligations. Those obligations need to be reduced if helping to give care for their family and their loved ones jeopardizes their schoolwork or even time with their friends. And as parents with the responsibilities we're managing, it might be easy to look past what is important to them because we just need extra help. We need more hands-on, more boots on the ground, <laughs> wherever that ground is, whether it's the kitchen or a bedroom or outside of the house for that matter. Their needs are still just as important and they're having to learn how to balance in a world that has far more chaos than we're dealing with. Yes, dealing with caring for our parents may be chaotic to us, but our young helpers are also still learning how to be in life in this world, period. They are still balancing changes with their own body. They're still balancing uh, what it means to be in school and having friends and having that special time. So when we ask for help and it really should be an ask instead of a tell. But when we ask for help for our, from our little caregivers, we need to make sure that that ask is somewhat consistent, that we're not asking for favors. Do me a favor. Can you go and give grandpa his medicine? Which is a big no-no. But asking for those favors when you are at the point of the highest level of stress maybe for your day or that time of the week, or maybe you are just yourself emotionally exhausted and can't or don't want to do one more thing and you finally ask them to help. If that kind of request isn't consistent, then you're going to probably get a little bit of pushback. You're trying to include them at a time that they're trying to learn and enjoy their own life. 
And if it's not expected or understood or even seen that you are struggling, then it's not understood on their side. It's not understood that this is something that it's something very small. I can help them. I can do this real quick. Um, maybe while mom's helping with grandma, I can go do a load of laundry or I can switch loads for them. Or the, the simplest thing that comes to mind, while grandma and mom are together, I can take care of my area. I can keep my room clean. I can keep my dishes picked up. Or It's these simple things that we get busy in life and we just go about our lives and just do, 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 do. And sometimes it's not even recognized that those little things that they can do would actually help you along your sandwich generation journey. So we have to keep in mind that the care that we ask them or request of them or those favors we're asking are done consistently. And as you're asking them, you're gonna to have to keep in mind the level of age and their maturity level at that point. You might have a 10-year-old that is far more mature and receptive than a 15-year-old, for example. You might have an eight-year-old that's a little bit more willing to do something than your 12-year-old. If your teenager is at a driving age and they're able to go and your request is for them to do a couple of more favors for you that might include going to the grocery store, picking up medications for the family or other loved ones. It becomes yet another level of a request that takes them away from their lives. And if this isn't done on a consistent time frame, then it's not something that they understand as being a very big helpful favor to you. They may see it as it's being an intrusion into their own life, for example. It's taking them away from their friends, their events that they have planned and excited for. And I know there is that little person that's still within each of us that says it's not fair. What about me? That's what your teenager is saying. They have the little person. They are the little person within the little person. So you might be able to get your seven, ages seven to 12 year old to help you a little bit easier and more frequently than you could a teenager. Because we all know teenagers are gonna be moody and teenagers are going through changes that we may be able to remember because we went through them too, but the time frame that they're going through it is different from the time frame that when we were going through it. So they are dealing with some different things than what we were accustomed to dealing with as teenagers. We've got to keep these little details because those, these are the moments that you ask your teenager to help you. And if they're resisting, there's a reason for the resistance. But it also gives you an opportunity to open communication with your younger helper. It gives you an opportunity to teach them and show them what compassion looks like, what it feels like. Because compassion is a learned skill. Just like we are still learning as adults how to be caregivers because this journey changes so many times along the way and we have to continue to learn 
what to do, how to do, when to do, that pressure you feel is sometimes 10 times stronger to our younger helpers. So forcing our children to help us. Sometimes we put a lot more pressure on the firstborn. If you happen to have more than one child, you may be able to relate to this, that you have the firstborn, you have a middle child and possibly the younger child. The firstborn might get a lot more responsibility put on their shoulders because, well, they're older. And the assumption is, is they can handle, or they can help. And it starts when they're little. As their little siblings come along, it's help mommy, mommy's little helper, bring me the diaper, bring me your brother's bottle, bring me your sister's ointment or something that you're, it's a little bit of a help to you. And so that little bit of consistency and they're excited because they've got this new sibling. But as they get older, those little things that you're asking for help, they kind of, they stop happening as often and we start doing more for them as opposed to asking for them to help us along the way. And so as they get older, that firstborn that has more responsibility that doesn't get to do as much as maybe the baby because, well, they're, they've become mommy's helper or daddy's helper for that matter. Um, that's where the opportunity is created for that lifelong level of resentment, jealousy, and even hatred towards either their siblings or other family members that they're having to help with. So that's why when we ask for those favors and we try and get them to engage, and we're hoping that they're coming from a level of, I love grandma, I love grandpa, I want to do this. But let's be fair. There are times you don't even want to do it. So passing it off to the child to do it for you, stop and think, is that really fair? If they're resisting, you kind of get where that's coming from because you got a little bit of resentment in yourself. So we want to make sure that when we're asking them for help and we're encouraging them in a positive way that we're employing the carrots and not the sticks. And what I mean by this is when we're asking our children to help, even if it's for a sibling that has special needs, when we're asking them to help, we want them to be willing to provide the help in return. We want them to be able to provide this care without giving them the guilt. And when they do provide the care, we have to keep in mind that what is provided is what they are willing and able to give. It may not meet our expectations. It may not fulfill our needs but it's what they are willing and able to give. And we can't lose sight of that. Because again, put yourself back in their shoes. Well, I can put myself in those shoes. I've been in that position where I am in the hospital with mom for an outpatient procedure. And I've had a nurse or a doctor give me their opinion of some level of care was lacking or it wasn't to 
an expectation that they had. And that stinks and that hurts, especially when you're not fully capable or you don't have a skill set that's assumed you would have at this point. So if our children respond with a no, you know the whole phrase, no means no. Well, in this case, a parent's not gonna accept no as easily. Let's just be clear. What do you mean no? I don't know if you've ever heard this one because I did. I brought you into this world, I can take you out. Yeah, overprivileged child, do you not understand how much you get? Those are the guilting. Those are the, the phrases that would give that guilt. When they're saying no, your child might actually be saying no because it's really, I'm scared. Or there may be uh, an emotional issue that's there that you're not even aware of because all you're focused on is getting them to help you and not observing or aware of their reaction, their emotions. There might be a lack of confidence. There might be a moment where there's they're needing a little bit more information. Information being they want to understand the illness. They want to understand what's going on. Yeah, they might have heard some conversation. You and, and your spouse may have been talking about grandma and grandpa's condition. Or if you're trying to shield them from that and they really aren't aware of what's going on then by asking them to do something and not being aware of the situation there might be a little bit of fear of the illness that's involved there might be some fear that maybe it's something i might catch maybe i might get sick like them too if i'm around them too close that's not the case, especially when we're dealing with our loved ones who are living with dementia. You don't just catch dementia, but an impression is made on the children that it, it is uncomfortable. It is something that they're not fully aware of at that age. And so there may even be conversation of death and dying. And if your kids aren't growing up with pets, that they have been able to at the very least experience a pet passing away and that feeling of what it means, then trying to understand what it means that their loving grandparents or their aunt or uncle that is that they're being asked to help care for, what does that mean if they pass away? That resistance of care may be trying to emotionally avoid that heaviness that we feel that overwhelm and that they're pulling away from it and you have to be really careful with this because as adults we may be able to understand things we may be able to push ourselves through having to do things as opposed to wanting to do things we may be able to push ourselves through the emotions knowing the direction it's going in but our teenagers and sometimes even our little ones, because we don't give them as much credit as sometimes they deserve. But our teenagers may not react the way we expect because they may come go to that level of depression far quicker than we ever assumed or thought they would. 
So if they're saying no, use that opportunity to step in. One of the areas that I've learned as a caregiver is the act of improvisation. We have to use the yes and. But in this case, if you're asking your child, hey, can you help me with something that I have to do while I go do something else, and they have a no, they might have homework, they might have a sporting event, a music event, a school, something that's keeping them the time conflict for it. But there might also be a, do I have to use that as an opportunity to say, I understand you don't want to, but I need a little bit more understanding. Can you please explain to me why you don't want to? That might put them on the defense because it may be a reason that's embarrassing. Um, admitting, again, as an adult, admitting to something we don't know doesn't come as easily sometimes. Maybe as we get older, more mature, it's easier to say, what do you mean by that? I don't understand that. But sometimes as a child, especially the teenagers, the junior high kids, the high school kids, you don't know something and they're teased, they're ridiculed, they're berated because they're stupid, they don't know any different, they don't know any better. And it may be a little bit more difficult for them to tell you, but if you don't have an open level of communication with your child, your teenager, you get what I mean. They're all our babies, no matter how old they get. Then that's a perfect opportunity to open that level of communication. If you're in a rush, then maybe it's not the best time to drop something on them and ask them at that point in time. Maybe you can take a little bit more time next time to say, this is what's going on. This is what's happening with grandma or grandpa or aunt or uncle and, or your sibling. And this is what I need help with you. Can you help me with this? Because if you can, it would be great. You would be helping for whatever reason and give them a little bit more of the picture of the puzzle that's here so that maybe the next time they say no, you can ask if it's something that they just aren't aware of, something that they're afraid to do, something that they're not really grasping, afraid of that whole death and dying situation. And they're really trying hard to stay away from it. And if they are, you, you've got to find a level of acceptance with that. You've got to find a point in time of how to communicate with them, whether it's you personally, or maybe it's an outside counseling situation for your child so they find someone that they can talk to and they feel that they have been seen and heard and understood and I'm not just being made to do something that I don't feel comfortable with. Because that resentment that happens as a child is the resentment that will go with them. It creates a situation that anywhere they go in life, no matter who they meet in their professional life, in their personal life, that level of resentment becomes a mental block for them. And it almost stunts some valuable growth on their part. So as you're going through this time with them and trying to help create your little caregiver, keep in mind also that the best time is your time. So if you aren't 
asking your little caregiver to help you because you're trying to shield them from the burden, which I've done myself. And you reach those moments of frustration because you're doing everything by yourself. You're doing all the care and you're balancing the household and you're balancing their, their crazy school schedules and homework and events and it's just chaotic. Stop and take that moment to share some time with them. Maybe you have a scheduled uh, family dinner night or family game night or family movie night or something that is focused on them. And it's, if you can't do that and you find yourself saying, well, I don't have time for that. I can't do this. Things are so crazy. I have this, 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 this. Well, maybe those this, this, and this is your reason that it's time for respite care. It's time to call in outside resources because when your life is taking over and going in this direction, you're pulling time away from your children. You're pulling time away from watching them grow, from guiding them in their growth, from being a part of their, their own little chaotic world that's coming to be in their own level of understanding. The time that you have taking care of your loved one, it's never going to be balanced. You're going to continue to feel stretched to the limits, thinly stretched. And yet you still have to make time for your younger generation. You're the other end of the sandwich. Because when you don't make time for them and you're focused on your loved ones, that's when your younger caregiver is exposed to things outside of your teachings. That's when they are being raised by their friends or other peers that are not exactly the best or po most positive that you would prefer your children to be around. You're not aware of the changes. You're not aware of the potential depression that they might be experiencing because even if they are understanding, able to understand the illness or the changes that their family members going through, they might still be missing you because you're spending so much time with the family members. So there's a balance we have to strike. We're trying to strike this balance of caring for our parents while caring for our family our children and spouse, ourselves, it's a lot. There's a balance that we have to strike. But finding a way to do this where the kids can witness this and be part of it with you, where they want to help you and they want to be part of this, they learn what compassion is. They see it. They feel what it's like to help someone and to be a part of someone's lifelong change from having grandma and grandpa and experiencing that time um, working alongside them, having fun with them till they are also being able to come and sit with them at their bedside whether it's their hospital bedside or it's their home bedside, but they are able to see this change and experience it with you. In their minds, they might be thinking it's just grandma and grandpa. It's because they're older. They're not realizing at some point 
it's going to be mom and dad. These are really big opportunities for us in this sandwich generation to help mold our generation that's coming after us. Because one of the unique, out of all this negativity and all of this pressure that feels like in dealing with in the sandwich generation, one of the most unique parts of this is that we are young. I am still young, even though sometimes my body says I feel old after all the days and pushing through to get everything on that caregiver checklist done. But we are still young, so we do have the energy. And hopefully we have the health that keeps us going so that we can continue to care for our parents and our kiddos at the same time. Because when it comes down to it, we are raising our future caregivers. Yeah, let that one sink in for a little bit. Let that flash of the last argument that they slammed a door in your face and said no to. How did you respond to that? And any other issue that might be there. Because life happens in all these interesting ways when you least expect them to. And it creates these lessons for all of us to learn from and how we react to them is how life will go from there. It's either going to be a smoother journey from here on out, or maybe not so much of a bumpy road, or maybe it's gonna feel like the world's falling in and crumbling in around us because we can't keep up with the demands and changes that are happening all at the same time. But keeping in mind the sandwich gives you more opportunity than you realize. Because while you are there for your parents or your spouse or a family member or a friend, your children get the opportunity to witness that and learn from you and learn compassion. Because someday you're going to want them to be there with you, for you. And wonder, are they doing this out of obligation or are they doing this out of love? This is difficult enough. It is easier to raise our children than it is to raise our parents, or I say raise, but accompany them on their journey home. It is very difficult, and we can't always shield our children from that, experiencing that, and having that emotional overwhelm. But there are a few things that we can keep in mind, and there are a few things that we can do that help our little ones feel like they're part of this. They are part of the family. They are contributing to the care of their grandparents or any other family member or sibling. We can make sure that the lessons that are learned 
are communicated very well so that we learn the lesson and we are able to move forward. Instead of being presented with this issue over and over and over again, which adds more and more stress to everyone involved. And as they learn and grow and they become more of your helper and they're able to do more, praise them, praise them for their help, thank them. But do not give that praise in such a way that they've learned only to do something to get the reward. Again, there's a delicate balance. We don't ever want to use the care of our loved ones because we're sandwiched and because we're stressed and we are at the point that it's cheaper to throw, make the kids help than it is to get outside help. You find yourself, as I did, in that delicate space that I can either have my children help and put them in the same spot of a burden because it is my burden. Doesn't mean, you know, misery loves company. Doesn't mean I need to force or enforce this burden on them as well. We want to make sure that the care comes at a request, not something that's given as a punishment. If there's bad grades, if there's bad behavior, or as a dangled carrot that earns them privileges, because you will eventually send mixed messages to your other side of the sandwich. And the last thing you wanna do is send the wrong message, helping for the wrong reasons, and then hoping when your time comes that they come through for you. It is a difficult choice to make when you invite your children into the care, but if you're not doing it consistently from the time they're little to the time they are grown adults, then there is, there is emotions that we all have to go through to make sure everybody stays on the same page, which is the hardest thing to do. Staying on the same page is keeping the communication open. And when you're in the sandwich generation, the biggest and best thing that can be done is open communication. If you can do that, then you can keep things flowing in as positive and in a healthy manner as possible. I don't wanna scare you, but the last thought I want you to focus on the sandwich generation is you are raising your future caregiver. I hope this gave you a little bit more food for thought. Thanks for tuning in with us. Until next time, be proactive. Take care. Thank you for joining us today. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode. To learn more about proactive caregiving and to hear other episodes of this podcast, please visit www.jessicalizelcannon.com. This podcast is produced by Canon Light Media, LLC, www.canonlightmedia.com. 
Music provided by Chris Paradise. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.